0: This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh is back, which means we're going to be talking everything from college football to the NFL to baseball and so much more. But then we finish the show up by talking about our week three power rankings and Heisman Watchlist. All that so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast, episode 56. And this week, Josh is back. As as you know, last week we had Aaron on, which thank you again, Aaron. Tremendous job. Always love. And actually, if you guys listen to it, listen to his rant about the college football playoff. It is one of the best rants I have ever witnessed.
1: He put and into words what I struggle to. Exactly. Get my feelings out. So, so I'm
0: there 100%. So hopefully I'll be clipping that this week and that will go on the Instagram. Um, also, sorry that I did not get a Buckeye, uh, Buckeye breakdown, but I figured it was a big enough win that I didn't have to break down too much. But there will be one for this week. I'll be doing that on the Toledo game. But anyways, uh, Josh, how are you doing? Welcome back,
1: dude, man. So as you know, it was a rough weekend for Florida Gators fans. I'm kind of not going to lie. I fell asleep in the fourth quarter and when I woke up to find out what happened, I wasn't even mad that I missed it. Anthony Richardson is just Anthony now, not AR-15. He has to earn that nickname rightfully. So once again, once we play Tennessee. But Ben, enough about Florida. That's all the Florida talk you're going to hear from me today. (laughs) Because... We have more important things to talk about. Also, I'm rocking the Roberto Clemente yeah, that's true. jersey because today when we are recording, it is Roberto Clemente day per the MLB. I think I saw something too. The Rays are starting nine Latino guys, which is the first yeah. time in history that's ever happened. And I don't know if they did that just for Roberto or if it was just coincidentally oh, on that Probably. Day. It could have been. Yeah. They wanted to be like, you know, that Political. team. But yeah. We're gonna talk a little bit of baseball later because there's some interesting things going on. But In current events, Ben, Roger Federer, arguably the greatest men's tennis player of all time, announced he Mm -hmm. would be retiring today.
0: It's it's shocking to me. Like, I didn't see it coming. Like, with Serena, we all kind of saw it coming the last few years. And I know with Roger, he's been injured. His knees have been kind of banged up. But. You know, Nadal is still playing. You know, pretty well. I mean, when he's healthy, and Djokovic, if you know, the government Djokovic
1: is the youngest of the trio, so I think he'll go a little longer.
0: Yeah, but if he would just be allowed to freaking play, if the government was something, just the fact he's
1: not allowed in most of these tournaments is gonna hold him back. Too, like
0: I would say. Thank you to Roger, I think, for both Josh and I because I've never been a huge tennis fan, but whenever I watch it, it was always I want to watch Roger Federer. I mean, the guy's an athlete. I mean, the videos you see of him with kids off the court, you know, there's this video of him um it was like five years ago six years ago he like a kid asked him hey would you play around like can i i'll beat you one time or i'll play with you and then six years later as the kid was training uh invited him to switzerland and then end up playing with him surprised him and like that's just who roger Federer is and i think that's what's going to make this i think hard to see it's, it's like you know whenever we see a one of our you know, gr- we grow up and watching them. And, you know, Albert Pools when he retires it's gonna be the same way. When, you know, when some of these athletes that we've seen our whole life, it's just gonna be such an interesting process to see how it's handled. I, I think Rafa Nadal had a great little uh, snippet there where he posted about it, and um, yeah, I-, I think it's gonna be tough to see him go. But I- I- hats off to him; he is one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts there, Josh?
1: Yeah, dude, it's uh, Roger's one of those guys. I feel like. You and I and everyone our age has been blessed to see some of the greatest athletes of all time. And we got to start watching them around the time we were five or six years old, right? Like LeBron James, the longevity he's displayed, Tom Brady, the longevity he's displayed. You mentioned Serena, Tiger Woods, it feels like has been the greatest golfer of, my whole entire lifetime. And he's still going, um, and Rogers got to be in that category too, with the longevity he's had. And it just feels like we know eventually all these guys are going to retire. Right. But it just seemed like, well, when is it going to happen, man? Because like father time seems that like having a little bit of a struggle with some of these athletes. Right. And Rogers, one of them, uh, But I just wanted to read some of the numbers here, Ben, for the Roger Federer's The Goat argument. So he became the first player to win 20 Grand Slams in tennis history. But right now he ranks third because since Nadal and Novak have both uh, gotten 20 and have topped him since. But his 369 wins in Grand Slam matches ranks first all-time. His eight Wimbledon titles, most among male players in the Open era. Uh, Men's singles player – or in men's singles, he's the – let me. How do I word that? Oh, he's the only men's singles player to reach 10 consecutive Grand Slam finals. <laughs> then in 2006, 2007, and 2009, so three different times, he reached the finals in all four Grand Slams. And nobody has done it more than him. So, I mean, he's been... Winning consistently, he's been consistently reaching the finals uh the dude is just like you said, absolutely incredible, and it's gonna be kind of crazy to see him finally uh not be playing tennis anymore, but yeah, heck of a career, and I mean one of the greats for sure
0: yeah i mean he he is one of the greatest, and I think you know Johnny gaunt he was our tennis expert when I was gone that that one week, and yeah, and I think and I think we all can tip our hats to probably the ones that that have encouraged this generation. I mean, think about it, Josh. I mean, how many, you know, why did you start decide to play a sport? Because you would watch somebody. And I think for tennis players, it's even here in Hungary, tennis is huge. And you'd hear, you know, I was seeing what people were posting about Roger Federer. And it was a bunch of Hungarians saying, like, you know, I started tennis because of this. And so I, I think it's going to be really, he's going to be truly, truly missed for sure. Uh, no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Johnny. I love the breakdown or I mean the I guess the career summary he had a Serena Williams. So yeah. hopefully this is uh good <laughs> enough to be accepted by him if he's listening <laughs> That's true. Yeah, one of the greats. But speaking of careers ending, Ben, we had a coaching uh oh, and this week that I call, we called it too. World, but we called it Got Frost. <laughs> this I know this is old news by now. This is coming out. It's been a week, but we got to talk about it because Nebraska fired their head coach Scott Frost. And if you guys remember listening to our college football preview, Chris Drew had me and Ben both believing that Nebraska was going to be the third best team in the in the Big Ten this year, I think period, not just the Big Ten West division, but the Big Ten period with all the transfers that they got, uh, including Casey Thompson, the offense was finally going to be put back together. They had all these one score games last year and a lot of those are going to be flipped to wins, right? Because they got these guys that played real snaps, but Ben, what we've seen so far from Nebraska is disappointment, not mm-hmm. from the offense. though. the offense is one of the highest scoring in college football right now. I think Casey Thompson, their quarterback, is third in passing yards right now in all college football. But just can't get it done against South Dakota, I believe it was, yeah. or South Dakota State, one of those. They have the opening loss against Northwestern, and Nebraska decides instead of paying $7 million for his buyout and waiting till October – they decided it was worth it to pay him another $8 million to quit now. So yeah. now that Scott Frost is fired, are we surprised, Ben, with Nebraska starting off one and two that this happened? Or are we just surprised maybe that it took this long? Because, I, I mean, Nebraska has been nothing but patriots. Yeah,
0: I, I would say it's a twofold for me. I think one fold is that I think it's it, it's kind of mind-boggling, you know, that it seems like when he lost again like, Northwestern, he was on the hot seat even more. And then the Georgia, I think just losing to Georgia Southern was just like, okay, that was the final straw. Right. And people have been saying, you know, that, well, I said the wrong team. That's my, yeah. Bad. Why? but <laughs> why did, but why didn't they, the, the people have been saying like, you know, why didn't they wait till October? I'm like, I think it's simple. It's why would you drag something out that, you know, you're going to do like, you know, you're going to do it, eat the 7 million, whatever. Like it's, it's one of those things where I think if you're Scott Frost, you want to like you want to leave some sort of like, <laughs> you want to have something to build on after you leave or after you get fired or whatever. Um, But the second fold of this is I think, I think the Nebraska players, I mean, you saw how they reacted to their interim coach. I don't know if you saw that video on Nebraska's uh Instagram and stuff, but like they were super pumped about the new interim coach. who's the first black coach, by the way of any sport in Nebraska history, which is very fascinating. And, I think there just need to be a change. And, I, and I, I'm not surprised that it happened. Of course, I'm not. I, I predicted this when we talked about it. I said it's probably going to happen right after October. But I think they wanted to go into the Oklahoma game with a fresh start, with a new look, and just say, hey, let's start this fresh. Um, but I, I – I, I've been listening around to different people and, and some of the most interesting things was like, you know, Scott Frost is necessarily is a very egotistical guy. That's what I keep hearing from everyone. I
1: it's hear like, that too. Like, like he just didn't get out of his own way, like too um, much of a micromanager. And that could have yeah. been the reason why they had so many one score losses.
0: Well, yeah, and it, it is. It, and it's, I think too, when you lose to a team like Jordan Southern and you're in the big 10, like as, as a, as a university, that's like, you know, this just, this is a terrible look.
1: The second best kind like, of tackle
0: yeah Yeah. and i i yeah so i don't know i don't know what it's going to be we'll see i i think scott frost will find another job um i don't know about you but i think he'll find some offense coordinator jobs what i'm thinking is what's going to happen uh he'll probably go to uh, who knows he'll probably go to alabama with nick saban and be an offensive analyst for that's
1: the chatter right he's gonna go to the nick saban uh rehabilitation school and uh yeah we get proven um, again that, you know, he's competent and then, you know, be back on his feet again at a head coach. Yeah. And well, else
0: eventually. I would say, yeah, it's twofold. One, the first thing, like I said, was just, I think they needed to make that switch in order just to like, I think, I think just, both ways they needed to make that switch and i think second thing is i think the team itself the players wanted to switch i don't think they would ever publicly say that but just like you seen some of the videos the last few days and they seem more excited more alive and so um yeah I, I that's those are my thoughts josh what are your thoughts on the whole situation and who do you think maybe will replace them
1: yeah i mean nebraska i think nebraska is uh kind of an appealing job for a couple reasons one they've proven that they're patient they're not going to fire you after two seasons like some of these other schools will. they have uh that backers they have the loyal fan base they have the nil fund so getting guys out of the portal uh isn't really an issue the toughest part about recruiting at nebraska is getting these top talented kids from california and texas and florida to come and leave the big city like mainstream media life into, you know, literally the middle of the cornfields, like you guys from Cedarville, like joke about Cedarville being the cornfields. That's like literally Nebraska. Like that is what Nebraska is. And trying to get kids to come out there is the most tricky part. But if you're able to do it, it can be really successful for you. Like Nebraska would love it if you could just finish eight and four, nine and three. They don't, I don't think Nebraska fans, uh, Imagine that they're a tier one program that should be competing for a college football playoff appearance every year, like some of these other wannabes. But um, if you could go eight and four at Nebraska, man, I think they'd love you. So I think that's appealing. It's kind of interesting hearing all the names are thrown around, Ben. Like uh, per bet online, Matt Campbell is the most likely candidate. He's got four. that's odds. my that's my thought. That's and I, I just don't see it because Matt Campbell. I mean, he doesn't have any attachments to Nebraska. He's an Ohio guy. He's coached at Bowling Green. He's coached at Toledo. Uh, I believe he was born in Maslin. So, like, his roots are in Ohio. And right now, over at Iowa State, I mean, he's kind of in a situation right now where Iowa State loves him because he's going seven and five, eight and four. They've never ever done that before. And to leave that with the big contract he has to go and over to Nebraska and basically do the same thing to me. It just kind of looks like a lateral move yeah, or maybe, maybe even a yeah, slight yeah. decrease. So to me, I just don't see it. Some of these others that the guy in there, Mickey Joseph, I believe that's the name of the interim, yeah, head is, yeah, that's the interim coach. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Stoops from Kentucky, uh, Bill O'Brien, uh, offensive coordinator at Alabama, uh, Bill Jim Bright.
0: I will say Bill O'Brien and Jim Leonard are the two. I think guys Bill O'Brien's the most interesting one to me yes. because if
1: he wanted to get back into head coaching, like he helped Penn State come back from when they yeah. got the death penalty, basically, and if he's looking to get back in the head coaching game, I would put probably put him as the most likely candidate. And then they had these other like ones that definitely Urban. will never happen, like Urban Meyer, Deion Sanders, <laughs> Luke Fickle, and Damacon Sue was even on there, and I was just like, oh my gosh, man, like you guys are just
0: wasting money at this point.
1: But yeah, I think uh, I think. Bill O'Brien's an interesting choice. I think Hugh uh, Freeze from Liberty. If uh, anybody could just, I just don't uh,
0: think he'll want to leave, though. I, I think he loves it at Liberty. I think he loves that that, and I think they they also pay. Him, I think they pay him pretty well too. And he's he got does. Of money too. So like, why would he leave? A very good place for where he really rehabilitated himself, and it's a perfect spot for
1: yeah. It. You know, I mean, some some coaches are lifers at their programs, like like Kirk Ferentz has kind of been a lifer at Iowa. But to me, Liberty's not exactly the same being a lifer at Liberty as being a lifer yeah. at like a Big Ten school like that. You know what I mean? So, I and then also with you, Freeze is like I guess the past. Like some people can't get over that, um, which is stuff messed that up. But whatever. Got Ole Miss, yeah. So uh, Gary Patterson too. I, I think he's a another one that I would take a look at too. A former coach that was a uh, Leading TCU kind of to its prominence, recruiting against some of the top schools in Texas and stealing some of the talent there, to be honest. So I would say, like, he'd be a fun
0: one, too. Maybe so not. Who you, so who do you think will be it? Like, who's your, who's your like, go-to right now that you think will take that job? If I had to take a guess,
1: um, I'm going, I honestly think Bill O'Brien, number one, I'll throw out there. I think uh, Mickey Joseph, Number two, depending on how that goes, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's also kind of like the safe move, right? Like if they yeah. can go um, six and three in these final nine games, right? Or like just finish with a winning percentage, like it would be very tempting for Nebraska to be like, let's just uh, keep him in there. And that may not necessarily be the right move to do, but it is a possibility. If he can prove success as an interim, Yeah, they, they could do that. I kind of like the Mark Stoops hire too, but. I think Mark Stoops has a good thing going to Kentucky, and I don't think he's on any kind of hot seat at any moment either. Yeah. Uh, He's kind of proven that he can build Kentucky up to the status that it has, so why would you want to go again and do that in Nebraska? I think the next move for Mark Stoops would be going to, like, an actual Tier 1 or Tier 2 program and maintaining
0: winning. I would say, for me, it's Bill O'Brien 1, Jim Leonard 2, and then three would be uh Mickey Joseph. Yeah. I think for me, I think Bill O'Brien, it would be a very smart move to get back in the head coaching if he wants to. It's a Nebraska program that's gonna have the money. It's gonna have it's Big Ten football, which I know Bill O'Brien loves. And I think Jim Leonard just makes a lot of sense. Like Jim they Leonard a
1: defensive mind yes. over there, dude, because that's what's crushing him. And that's and
0: even, them. And this is the thing. To be honest though, I will say this keep an eye for Jim Leonard though. Because if 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 Wisconsin starts to suck a lot, they might be just sitting there waiting to to get him as the head coach. So, I I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I I think for me. I, yeah, I, my gut's saying it's going to be Bill O'Brien or like Gary Patterson or someone like that that has head coaching experience they bring in. Because I don't know if they want to do the whole Frost thing again where the guys only had like one or two years of solid coaching. Right. I
1: don't think they're going to go to like the, the latest Cinderella G5 head yeah. coach and bring them in. I think exactly. they're going to go a little bit more down the proven route. Yeah. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch Nebraska. Uh, on that note too, Ben, who would you envision – could be the next big name head coach to get fired maybe even this season or uh, by the end of the season
0: Mm, that's a tough one
1: Um, to me like I'm gonna go ahead and throw out mine I think Jimbo Fisher could be that next one Mm. James Franklin a close second
0: Mm. for me I'll
1: let you think about it though and then I'll explain my Jimbo yeah yeah
0: yeah um I would say for me jimbo's up there in the top three for sure like jimbo's seat is like it's burning right now he's just trying to survive um this is tough for me though because
1: i have to say because i mean i hear people talking about marcus freeman maybe being gone brian
0: kelly maybe being gone and it's like they're in their first season (laughs) like i will say this i think for me i think um this I'll rank them I guess I, I think Jimbo's one for me I think Jimbo is on the hottest seat in the country right now I mean you've you've literally been bickering at coaches and stuff and yet this is what's happening um I think James Franklin's at three for me because I think he's had enough time and I think it's gonna be a time where it's it's gonna have to part ways at some point um and two it, it's it's tough for me right like I'm trying to figure out who that would be. Um, but right now I'm more leaning towards, um, I'm more leaning towards, towards, uh, Brian Kelly. We all know LSU fan LSU is not always the most patient, um, they aren't,
1: but I, and still, yeah, I just think Brian
0: Kelly's on the, at least he's on the hot seat, but I think the most likely to get fired during the season or right after the season is Jimbo Fisher for me. And then I think, to be honest, I think James Franklin's up there too. I think if James Franklin doesn't win nine games, maybe eight games will save him. If he doesn't win those that many games, he's gone, and it's not yeah. even close. Maybe,
1: maybe Kelly's there three years down the road if they're still going yeah. seven and five, six and six. Yeah, right? I,
0: I, will, I want to do comment on Freeman. I think that they're giving him just a really rough like view because I mean the man has lost his starting quarterback. He's first off. I do agree with what it's like, tough. They're
1: I'm, saying he's zero three, but that lost to Oklahoma State in the bowl game last year. That wasn't his team that he yeah. had coached all year, right? But like, also,
0: but also I agree with Menace to Sports though when they said like you know, he never really proved himself as a head coach or really as a good coach. Or even so, as a coordinator, right? Yeah. So it's it yeah. for me, it's it's weird, but I don't think he's on the hot seat. But go ahead and explain your Jimbo Fisher. I'm, I'm interested to hear.
1: Yeah. So I would decide to take a look, you, because I've been hearing people like my, our friends over at Menace of Sports, Sports, uh, Josh Pate over at the Late Kick, uh, Jake Crane over at Crane & Company, all talking about Jimbo Fisher and his archaic style of offense. Yeah. And it's it got so me sad. interested. It got me interested, dude, because Jimbo Fisher's background is offense and quarterbacks, yeah. right? Like the reason that he is a head coach right genius now at a top-tier Winston. program is because he is an offensive genius, right? So I decided to go through all of Jimbo Fisher's teams as a head coach at Texas A&M, a head coach at Florida State, and an offensive coordinator. Or wait, Florida State? Yeah, mm, yeah. It's be Florida State. I don't. I think I said something else. Head coach at Florida State before, and as the offensive coordinator at Florida State before he was promoted, to see um, what his track record is. All right, so so far at Texas A and M, his average ranking in scoring offense is coming out to an average of forty seventh in the country. Mind you, out of one hundred and thirty teams, and the, his highest ranking in this in his four full seasons was twenty second, which was his first season, but. That was also with Kevin, Kevin Summon's players, and he had the offense rolling, man, with guys like Johnny Manziel. They yeah. were putting up a lot of points. They just couldn't make a stop. So you, if you could argue that, you know, that, that wasn't really his team, but he was the head coach there. So, I mean, I'm going to give him credit still, but it still came out to an average of 47. So that just tells you how much he's tanked the offense yeah. since he's gotten there. As the head coach at Florida State, his offense averaged 41st with one outlier season where they ranked first. That was the national championship season yeah, with Jameis Winston winning the Heisman and all that. But even with that, Ben, they still only averaged 41st. And as the offensive coordinator at Florida state, his total average of scoring was 49th in three seasons, but I will give him credit because it improved in all three seasons that he was the offensive coordinator, but it came out to 49th. So his overall average bend between that time at Florida State as the offensive coordinator head coach and the head coach at uh, Texas A&M comes out to 44th total. Mm. So he is barely clawing into the bottom of the top third of all 130 college football programs. And it's like, okay, if he's an offensive genius, why is his offense so mid? What does he bring to the table? Like, why is Texas A&M need him? They got boosters that are paying these kids $30 million to come to play for the school. No, no they're not. No, they're they not. Develop. They're not paying
0: them. They're not paying them. That's right. what we're told.
1: They're we don't paid. pay any player. We don't pay any player share. Down here at Texas A&M, they come here because they love the maroon and white. Kyle Field, the 12th. Nine. They
0: love they love going seven
1: and five. <laughs> seven and five, eight and four. That's what attracted all the top tier recruits. But they've been getting huge classes, Ben. So if Jimbo Fisher can't run an offense, Dude, if they don't need him to recruit, if he can't develop, why do they need him? So I think these boosters, this athletic department is gonna get uh real impatient
0: here. You, know, you know who I could see taking that job? Urban me. Urban Meyer. Just sitting there with uh, all that uh, talent. Uh, all that talent in the sec again and urban's like, you know what? It's in the Texas, te- the
1: Texas a and job. I think is a big enough job that he would come back for
0: if offered. Oh, hundred percent. And like, I've said, I never want to see urban coaching another team. I
1: don't enough. want to see him do that yeah. either, but if they offered it to him, I think he'd take it. Oh yeah.
0: And if they offered him like, Hey, we'll pay you, you know, 15 million a year, you know, 11 million a year and we'll buy you a house and everything like he'd be in. Um, But no, I those are great stats on Jimbo. And so Jimbo, you're officially on the hot seat here on the Baseline podcast. Um, So get your act together. I mean, I don't really care. I could care less. Mainly, I just don't want you to kind
1: of amusing. I mean, some of did you see some of the stats, Ben, from that Texas app state game, how it was 15 minutes straight that Texas A&M didn't even have a single offensive snap. Yeah. They got outplayed. I think App State ran over 80 plays. Dude, in Texas I love State App ran State. 30.
0: I love App State for two reasons. One, they're just in the middle of nowhere in Boone, North Carolina. And second, they beat Michigan. And that's – I remember David that Cone, game with the – David
1: Cohn was so excited <laughs> on Twitter when – uh App State won that game because now he's like, can we just stop talking about the win over Michigan at the start of every season, and just uh, either share it with Texas A and M or just like not talk about it anymore? You know, uh,
0: you know, you know. And I love how I love how we've talked about all these other teams, and we just keep avoiding how Florida just played atrocious. But well, that's fine. We'll just keep moving on. Um, No, we
1: got we got to address Florida right now, dude. I'll go ahead and do that. Dude, we
0: literally Aaron Lynn. Aaron Lynn literally put AR in his uh top five for i put him in mine too he was number
1: four everybody was saying you know this is why he's ranked 12th in our NFL. and
0: now josh as i tell my students what did you learn from this
1: (laughs) what did i learn i learned well that (laughs) anthony richardson still has some work to do first off like this this game ben like i know people are gonna Attribute this to Will Levis, like being a good quarterback. Okay, he's ter- no, you can- he's not. He's
0: not. You can, a good watch- quarterback. you can
1: watch this, the film. You can watch the stats. Florida's defense did all the right things to limit and contain him. He had nothing to do with it. This whole loss was Anthony Richardson mistakes. Just straight up missing guys, not completing passes. I think he completed maybe thirty to forty percent of his passes, Dude, throwing bad like, interceptions when he
0: wasn't not utilizing his legs. I think the minister of sports said something like when he was pressured or not pressured, or something like that his percentage was like twenty percent or something like that. It was yeah. ridiculous. Like
1: it's it was like- very bad. Like it was very bad. But the other thing, too, is Richardson, he had the three rushing or rushing touchdowns in the Utah game, I think it was, and in the Kentucky game. He only had six carries for four yards. And I'd have to go back again and look to see if that was more just him turning down rushing opportunities or if Kentucky's defense actually did contain him and force him to be a pocket passer. Because if Ooh. that's the case, Ben, like, I mean, he needs – He's not a good enough quarterback that he can just be a pocket no, passer. He, he needs to utilize his legs, and if he, you can contain him, like that, might be the the recipe to defeat Florida. Because I mean, it was two different yeah. performances, night and day.
0: He's only a one. He's a one sided quarterback. He only looks to his right side. I've, I didn't yeah, even see him in that game. Look, that to his Utah left
1: game. Side. I think I think uh, Zach actually mentioned that he didn't make a single pass to his left.
0: No, he only throws his right. So I think. Um, I think people jumped the gun. I said that. I told people that like multiple times. I was like, people are jumping the gun.
1: I wasn't ready ARA, to call RA him 15. like the top pick in the NFL draft or even a first-round pick. I'm still not thinking he's that, but I did kind of think, okay, he made so many good reads. He made so many good decisions in this Utah game. He at least could be one of the best players in college but, football. But, right?
0: like, but like we said, and we talked about it, we texted each other after that game. I texted you, and you said, yeah, that was Utah defense. This was SEC. And I think it and it showed. And this was not Pac-12 football. This was buckle it down SEC football and and uh, Some of it was, yeah. And then some of those passes like Anthony just straight up missed them, dude. Like it looked bad. So this is where Josh has now went back into the sad mode of being a Florida fan. So if any of you
1: Dude, I went from thinking maybe 11 and 1 with the only loss being to Georgia to shoot where are we going to finish in the SEC East now? because
0: Doesn't it feel normal, though? Is it back to normal now for you?
1: It is back to normal. <laughs> it's back to normal. Like uh, Tennessee, maybe, I mean, we play Tennessee week four. That's oh, going to be a really be No, you're losing.
0: It's not even going to be close. You don't think it's going to be close? No.
1: Even after no. watching him struggle with Pitt?
0: No. I, I believe in Hendon Hooker way more than I believe in AR-15 to get the job done.
1: I do too. I mean, I think Ben I've been on it that he's the third best quarterback in college football Still is. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, that hasn't changed for me. We're going to talk about our Heisman rankings later his spot on my rankings hasn't changed, but yeah, I mean, we still got to play Tennessee. We still have to play Georgia. We still have to play South Carolina and I can't remember who the cross conference game is, but yeah, I mean, it it went from Ben. I thought they were going to have three top 25 wins in their first four games. And now I'm like, are we even going to finish in the top half of the SEC East? Yeah. Maybe well, that's I, a drastic overreaction to my well, speaking of, completely wrong overreaction. Yeah, I week. mean,
0: we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Bryce young here at the end of the show when we talk about Heisman, right. But I do want to mention that real quickly before we move on to all the other stuff we want to talk about, but specifically about Bryce young, I just want everyone to like, listen to me as I'm talking right now. I'm looking at the camera. Okay. I have said, okay. I just want to say, because there was a comment on our Facebook post that I shared. Okay. That I am very biased when it comes to my rankings and, how I view Stroud as better than Young. I have never said, I've always said Stroud and Young are, are like this. It's it's either way, right? They're literally uh, right here and for completely different reasons too. Yes. <laughs> if and if you I've combine
1: said, them, it'd be the greatest quarterback of yes, all time.
0: I have said how many times, Josh, if I've been on the show as an Ohio State fan saying Stroud needs to run, I've said this number Stroud of times. Stroud needs to run.
1: Bryce needs to
0: throw outside the sandbox. Exactly. Exactly. And if I'm gonna be honest with that, Texas, uh, Texas won that game. Like Alabama, the Alabama showed that they're going to get beat this year. I think they could get beat twice this year. I really believe that. Um, and Texas showed that. Hey, if all you do is contain Bryce Young, you make them make. They contained Bryce, mistakes, dude. His
1: receivers also didn't do so bad justice. They were so bad, not doing much to get open. And, and I also
0: think about it: if you get that sack at the end of that game, it's game over. If they even make if that sense,
1: doesn't get hurt, dude. We might be talking about completely exactly. different result.
0: So, anyways, we'll talk about Bryce Young near the end of the show. But I just want to mention that because I'm tired of getting like you know the whole like Ben's bias. I'm never. I've I've always will be. A I, the Florida
1: fan. fan, got CJ number one too.
0: Yeah. So don't even get me started. Anyways, Josh, what is next on the list of what we're talking about today?
1: Yeah. So we got to talk about this uh, this AL MVP race, spend because Ooh, it's Baseball,
0: baseball, up. baseball, baby.
1: Yes. Um. I've saw some graphics uh, post on Facebook in the last day or two. So some of these stats might not be hundred uh, percent accurate when the time this comes out, but Aaron judge in the American league ranks first. He's going to MVP RBIs runs war on base percentage. slugging percentage, OPS plus total basis Most seasons. This is an absolute lock for AL yeah. MVP. But the reason it is not is because Shohei Otani, his 34 home runs ranks third in the American League. His 534 slugging percentage ranks eighth. So you might say Aaron Judge is the better hitter. But Shohei is also Again, one of the best pitchers yes. in the league, dude. 188 strikeouts ranks fourth. His 255 ERA ranks sixth. So he's not only one of the best hitters in the league, he's one of the best pitchers. Dude. And does sub sub Aaron Judge hitting, but also incredible pitching do it for him. I saw I saw this funny joke too. I can't remember who said it, but they mentioned Aaron Judge has an ERA of 0, so case closed. Hey,
0: I've said this, Josh, and you know this. I've said this since we started doing the podcast together. I believe that Shohei Ohtani should win the MVP every single year until someone else can do it. I've I've said this. The most valuable player on your team is a guy that can pitch very well and a guy can hit this dude literally does both it's two
1: players in one and you he should win it every year at both of them that's what he makes should. it so hard cuz i've been on that train too it's like man i mean shohei has to win the mvp he like by to. default every year but then it just kind of makes me mad because it's like man now these guys like aaron judge or vladimir groll junior last year that are putting up all these insane numbers it's like it's it's all going to be for naught i mean i know there's the silver slugger and all stars and stuff like that but that
0: mvp man that's the but coveted listen. I'm all I'm going to say is this, is that it will become political if he never wins. If Shoya Ohtani becomes like LeBron James, where he only wins like one more MVP his whole career, I will be really ticked off.
1: Also, dude, Aaron Judge, I mean, there's people that think Aaron Judge should have won the MVP in 2017 instead of Jose Altuve too. What if Aaron Judge becomes like the Kobe Bryant that only has That's one true. MVP, but ends up being one of the greatest of all time? And then like our grandkids are looking back in time being like, how did Aaron Judge only win like one exactly. or no MVPs?
0: You know and I mean? it's true, and so I I, yeah, I think it's going to be crazy. I mean, we know in the you know we ha- I mean, it's just funny to see all the different teams right in the AL that are in this race. Um, you know, you have you know the Guardians who I'm pulling for because my Reds. Oh wait, here's my time. My Reds suck. Okay, we all like we literally yeah, yeah, yeah. have jo- we literally have Joey Votto in the booth. Okay, we're paying him 27 million this year to sit in the booth, injured, announcing ball games. Okay, we literally had yesterday we got swept by the Pirates. I'm just going to repeat that real quick. We got swept by the Pirates. The Pirates? We're, these Pirates? It It's, dude, it's atrocious. It is sad to watch. We literally have guys on this team. I'm not kidding you, Josh, that I look at and I go, who is, th-? like, I literally have to look them up. Like, I have no idea who they are. Like, they're just these dudes that they pull up from AAA because they're like, oh, well, let's just give in on the season, whatever.
1: That's the end of the season. So they're just like, Ridiculous. well, let's just see what we got in these guys. And, so, and maybe if it's something good, we'll trade them after the season's over, yeah,
0: right? It's, it's, it's so frustrating. But, On the NL, it's like we kind of know who's going to come out of the NL. I mean, the freaking Dodgers are in first place. They're 22 games up in first place. Like, it's not even close. It's not even hot. Dude, we were talking about
1: that the last time. I think they're the only team in the National League that has actually the only team in Major League Mm -hmm. Baseball right now that has punched their ticket to the postseason. There's still scenarios where like the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves, the Houston Astros could all not make it still. But the Dodgers are so far ahead out there in that NL West.
0: I do want to dude. say something, though before we get to the A.L. the A.L. race. I w- let's give our hats, tip our hats to Albert Pujols, who has now moved oh into third, uh, just became uh, fourth the third all-time.
1: player to hit twenty two hundred RBIs, dude. Yes, and I think he's became, three homers away from seven hundred. Yes,
0: became the fourth all time leading home run hitter. As you all know, I shared a few weeks ago, like, and I shared with Aaron as well how much you know really Albert's really meant to me and and my when I play baseball. So, dude. I want him to get seven hundred and I swear I I will like I'll be so mad if he like I don't I think he'll get it because he's been hitting like the cover off the ball. But if he doesn't, we need to get like extra games that should count. Like the postseason game should count for him. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta I mean we gotta do something, dude. Um but yeah, right now the Dodgers got a 20-and-a-half game lead over the Padres, dude. Ridiculous. After the Padres made that blackbuster trade for Juan dude, Soto so and Josh Bell, dude. I mean, yeah, it's
0: something, it's, uh, it's, it's like the dude. Dodgers looked at them and went like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to get four of our guys hurt and we'll still be better than you. Like, that's yeah. basically what they said. Yeah, the Dodgers,
1: dude, it's, it's crazy, man, because they've been doing this all year with guys like Thompson's Maxie, brother too. Cody Bellinger, like not playing up to par. Uh, Walker Buehler's now out for the season with Tommy John. Dustin May didn't start the season with them. And it's like, okay, the Dodgers aren't even at their full strength.
0: They had Trey Thompson, good. though. They have Trace Thompson, yes. Clay Thompson's brother, who's having a comeback year, having a pretty. And good year. Uh,
1: I think it's Tyler Anderson who's also stepped up into pitching a rotation for them. So it's just like they got all these guys now. And
0: then you have the Reds, like they're literally, they're like their AAA team is better than the Reds team. Yeah. Like,
1: but general. I mean, guys like guys like Mookie Betts have been uh, heating up <sighs> as the season has gone on, and guys like Justin Turner have been heating up as the season has gone on. Freddie Freeman has been playing at a near MVP level for them, and it's just I. I look across the National League, dude, and I mean, the only team that I think could maybe take them is the Atlanta Braves. But the Braves also got a got to fight for that division, too, and it's close because right now they're only a half game back behind the Mets, dude. The Mets have been kind of slumping. The Braves have been kind of heating up.
0: Yeah, and then we got the Guardians over in the AL, which I'm pulling for. Dude,
1: After the last time that we spoke, I was telling you how insane the Guardians bullpen or the Indians bullpen cleveland's bullpen has been and the only thing that concerns me while they got all this uh batting average you know and all these hits they haven't been getting any runs and then yeah. after that they went through a 39 inning stretch mostly against the baltimore orioles <laughs> where they didn't score a run and i was like there it is dude that's why they aren't going to go far this postseason out of all the division leaders right now dude you know who has the least amount of wins
0: the indian or oh, the guardian sorry yes cleveland
1: uh Yankees right now got 87, the Astros got 93, the Mets got 89, the Cardinals got 84, Dodgers got 98, and then there's Cleveland with 76, dude.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, that whole that just speaks to how bad the division is, too. The White Sox have actually jumped the Twins now for second place with a 74 and 70 record. Dude, uh I love baseball. Baseball's just fun this time of year. It is fun. It is a good time. These races are heating up, dude. So it's gonna be interesting to see who ends up coming out of that AL Central, dude. Because right now, like I said, Cleveland 76 wins. Then the white Sox are three games back. The Twins are four and a half back. We got a couple of weeks left of the season. Uh Yankees, I mean, they got a six and a half game lead over Toronto, but that division's definitely not settled yet. And Tampa Bay in third place is only seven games back. The only one that um we definitely, like we said, don't have anything to worry about. Is the Dodgers because that twenty game lead, man, they could lose their final twenty games, and Padres ain't catching them.
0: So, dude, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a crazy end of the year. Um, it's always hard because I'm I'm so into football now. So, and also the Reds suck, so I don't really pay. And I just share
1: them. this fun stat that I just yes, noticed. Please like do standings it. Too. The Dodgers' run differential is plus one eighteen.
0: Yes. yes.
1: Want to know who the second closest run it's like differential 60. is? It's the Yankees and they're plus 209. Oh. The Dodgers have outscored their opponents by 100 more runs than the Yankees have.
0: So what's the what, the Dodgers are what 318?
1: The Dodgers are plus 318. Oh, that's their run differential. They've scored a 769 oh. runs while allowing My only four hundred. That's like
0: video runs. game numbers. That's like when it you is, play dude. franchise mode and you went 105 And like, like
1: they got to be darn near the
0: top for runs scored and then at the top for least runs allowed as well. Dude, it's gonna be nuts. Uh, anyways, it's it's a crazy time for baseball. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. We'll give our predictions when the postseason comes. We'll do a whole prediction thing for the postseason as that comes. But, Josh, we've had some um, we had some football games in the NFL this past week. Uh, I know this is gonna be coming out on Saturday, so we won't really we won't preview too much, but we will discuss last week's games. And um, hey, Josh, uh, guess who was right about the Browns? This guy, I believe in Cade York. New York, dude, but I wonder how long... They blew that be. game, though. They, 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 they blew, blew that, that game. game and they cut him. Stop it. Dude, the Browns blew that game. They had that game in They the
1: had front. every chance to lose it, dude, with the way Jacoby Brissett played. And then I heard... I didn't get to watch it again because I had to work, but I heard there was this, like, uh, sketchy rough-in-the-passer call. Yeah, okay. So what happened was,
0: basically, like, it. he didn't... It was one of those, I like, saw the
1: clip and Brissett yeah. still had the ball in his hand, yeah. dude. Was like, oh my gosh, that's But I'm bad. like,
0: you know, the amount of times in our life, right? We look back at the playoffs with the Chiefs and we didn't get that penalty call, and you look back at all the other times the Browns have been gypped with penalty calls. You know, I'm like, I'll take it, I'll take it. They
1: one. have been on the wrong side of a lot of bad calls, and yeah, I guess it's just kind of and
0: for me, for
1: the fans to end up with, uh, I guess on the right side of
0: one, right? And for me, though. The fact that we beat Baker, like Aaron's, very much like he hates the Browns now. He always used to support, the, like at least cheer for them. He's a Detroit Lions fan, so I'm like, oh, I don't know what he's right. talking about, but you know, he he just hates how what they did to them. And I'm like, look, I get it. People aren't happy, but I'm like, I'm a Browns fan still. Like, if you don't like, I always tell people like, it, you know, Browns fans that tell me like, oh, I hate what the Browns do. I'm like, stop being a Browns fan. Like, then just stop cheering for them. Like, I get it. They handled it badly, but to see to see what this Browns team can do. This is what I've decided Josh is that they just need to hand it off to Chubb and Hunt every play of the game because they can't throw the ball to save their yeah,
1: life. No. They can't dude. There's nobody out there that can catch either outside of Amari like dude,
0: It is. Dude, Kareem Hunt literally mad. like they literally I think what's going to happen is I believe this they're going to be able to resign him because I think he's going to be willing if they play him at like a fullback position. I think Kareem Hunt would be okay with that if he still gets his touches. So maybe we can We're keep the him like that too. I know though. we will, yeah. But They're no, so so the Browns win. Uh, that means I'm one to zero. Josh is zero one for Browns track we're of picking. Yeah,
1: now pick we pick another game this Sunday? No, so we're
0: picking the I Browns game for sure. You no, know, we're picking. No, we're picking. We're, we're picking the Browns game again. We're doing this every week because you just don't believe the Browns in Browns You don't believe in them, and I do.
1: Well, look. Regardless of how the game against Carolina went, I'm picking them to beat the Jets. All right. <laughs> There's nothing in New York that could convince me otherwise, other than if we had another COVID outbreak in Cleveland and half of our starters were wiped out and we had to play practice squad members at all of our starting cornerback positions like that, like that situation in 2020 when we were in a must win game yeah. with the Jets and lost that one. That's the only time that I would maybe uh, consider that the Jets and Joe Flacco had a chance, but yeah, you're not going to catch me picking against Cleveland. And
0: I one. will pick Cleveland Browns. I picked them winning 24, to 10 24 to 10 the Browns yeah. winning this game it's and I think, Ch- and I think Chubb I think Chubb runs for 150.
1: that'd be cool for my fancy football
0: teams <laughs> but
1: It's not going to be pretty football. Like if you're if you're a casual football fan,
0: this is not. The Browns are not. The Browns are not going to have
1: a. Browns defense is good enough that they're going to hold the Jets probably to under ten points. I'm going to go ahead and say the Jets get nine. Right. I'm not even going to let them get a touchdown, or maybe there's a safety thrown in there. I don't know. You know, Iowa Hawkeyes football has shown that anything's possible. Right for (laughs) scoring points. Oh, I know that. Back to back to the Jets' prediction, so I'm going to say a Jets get nine and Cleveland's okay. going to end up with uh maybe they maybe they crack the 20 point mark and I'll go ahead and say they get 20 21. We'll go with 21.
0: So 21 9, 21, I go 20 24 24 to 10. So let us know how we do. Uh, this is the one time I will be rooting against Garrett Wilson to not have a freaking amazing game. Um But uh, no, let's talk about just like, let's briefly before we go into our our Heisman and power rankings for the week, let's just briefly talk about some other games that popped out to you and and we can talk about them.
1: Well, dude, I think right now the Seattle San Francisco game got a lot more interesting with how week one went with Seattle getting the surprise win over Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. And then the 49ers, I mean, it was Trey Lance's first start. It was in Chicago. If you guys saw the condition of soldier field, you'd be like, Oh, these stat lines make sense. It makes sense why Justin Fields barely completed half his passes and only had 120 yards. And it makes sense that Trey Lance would have uh, done even worse. So I'm curious to see both these teams now, because I mean that, that uh, it's the NFC West
0: is interesting. I, I'm very interesting. mad, though. I'm very mad that the Broncos lost because now my prediction for the Super Bowl is Dude, really looking you bad. You and
1: I both had Denver winning the division, but you had them as far going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I didn't go that far. I feel I very comfortable now. with my Buffalo Bills pick after watching how they shellacked the
0: Rams. Dude, but the, the Seahawks did lose Jamal Adams for the season, found out today. So Jamal yeah, Adams yeah. is done for the year uh, for the Seahawks. But I will say that I still believe in the Broncos. I believe in Russell Wilson. I mean, I felt like he was treated very poorly by Seattle's fans. I'm just going to say that, like, straight up. Like, I like the guy gave you a Super Bowl. Like, stop treating him like dirt. Like, seriously. <laughs> like
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a petty stuff on both ends. I think. I think Russell was initially mad because they wanted to make a trade for Patrick Mahomes or something like that, and then which who would? You know, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. So that's a game that uh, maybe wasn't so interesting a week ago. That is interesting now. And the me. Bears
0: won. We can we can't make fun of the Bears.
1: We can't, but it wasn't because of improved offensive play under the new regime, or because they got Justin Fields' weapons. So it could. I don't think they're going to win many more games like that, Ben. I think they're going to, and the field condition is going to help Justin out, right? Like that's not a game to judge either uh, yeah. team on.
0: I'm sorry, I just had to mention the Bears because we do that every week. So yeah, we do.
1: They play Green Bay this week, so oh, gonna Green get slaughtered. That absolutely sucked week one. They won't suck again though. Uh, that, that was that was the story last year, right? They, I think the Saints beat them thirty five to three week one, and then Green Bay rattled on to finish there's fourteen and three or whatever yeah. it was. So but the other game that I would say is a little more interesting now after week one is the Cincinnati at Dallas game. Mm-hmm. And that's the because. That's because the Bengals did stink. Pittsburgh made Joe Burrow look really bad. Evan uh, McPherson, the kicker for Cincinnati, looked really bad. And Dallas, on the flip side, lost Dak Prescott for Super uh, yeah. for- so how are they going to hang in there now with a division that's very winnable but yeah. the way that washington looked and the way that philly looked week one dude it's like man now uh dallas they got they got to win some of these games now and uh steal, steal them where they can until Dak gets back fully healthy
0: you know the bengals to me You know, I I text my brother. Of course, I had to. He didn't respond back. But um, (laughs) uh, I would just say this about the Bengals. I said this. I said the Bengals made it to the made it to the Super Bowl. I think a tad early, and I think there's all this hype, and they have to live up to this hype. And I think Joe Burrow just caught himself with a very like ticked off Steelers team that everyone said they're going to finish last. And but people forget the Steelers defense is still freaking good. The defense. It it didn't go anywhere. It's the most
1: money being spent on a defense in the league, I
0: believe. Exactly. And you have Minka Fitzpatrick, you have TJ Watt, who, by the way, they found out great news that he's not out for the season. He'll be back in about six weeks. And I think the, then I look at the, I look at the Bengals and I think Joe Burrow has to fix this because it's not on his O line anymore. These were just some poor choices. Yeah. I
1: think I saw he got seven sacks, but I would have had to watch to see if that was him taking off reads or if that was actually the line being bad.
0: Yeah. And I think also, too, I think, I don't really, Joe Mixon to me is such an interesting back because I feel like that you you can't rely on him like you can Chubb or Henry and let him run 29 times. You can, but I don't know if that's really what he is uh, in in the sense of a, of a running back. And then I look at the the Cowboys and, you know, I picked them. Remember earlier when we did our predictions, I was like, yeah, they're, they're like the surprise team for me. They're a yeah, team that I think could make it. Thanks
1: right? for my surprise team. And so
0: now I'm like, well... I, I truly believe that if Dak doesn't come back healthy, or whenever he comes, back, I think they could easily go like five and five and twelve, you know, four, four and thirteen. You. I mean, I really do. I like. I I think that's the thing is that the reason they're surprising team for me is like I think they could easily go nine and nine and eight, or they could easily go five and twelve. So this is right. where I think Jerry Jones has to make a decision and be like, I need to step back from football. I think Jerry Jones needs to make that decision. Like I need to step back from running the operations. And let someone really do this job. Because I think Jerry's hurting this team. Um, just with some of the choices he's made. And and so yeah, I think it's gonna be a really interesting game. I have actually have the the Bengals coming out on top on that game. I think they'll end up winning probably by I don't know, ten. But hmm. uh it's not gonna be a pretty game. I think it's another game It's not gonna be that pretty. So
1: Yeah. Monday night, we got a double header too. Uh Tennessee at Buffalo, Minnesota at What's Philly. A, by game. I think I think the game that everybody's going to have their eyes on Sunday at 1 o'clock is Tampa Bay at New Orleans.
0: Dude, Saints pulling them. Saints I think the Saints
1: game. have beaten Tom Brady in three of the last four matchups they've had. I think Saints I saw on the NFL Network when they were doing fancy talking stuff.
0: Taysom Hill, that's my guy.
1: <laughs> Saints did almost lose to the Falcons last week, but made a comeback again. Atlanta blows the lead, and no surprise there, right? No surprise. <laughs> no surprise, but Tampa Bay's offense didn't look the best against Dallas either so yeah. this i mean interesting things to watch on both ends for that game but True. yeah that monday night slate is uh looking insane Dude, too.
0: buffalo man your buffalo picks looking real good right now
1: yeah like i said man after watching what they did to the rams they i mean I'm, I'm not sweating
0: again. i mean i'm sweating because both of my picks teams look terrible yeah. so <laughs> the broncos and the rams look terrible so i mean it's just gonna be one of those and i have the rams winning back-to-back super bowls which is now looking like a terrible pick but it's still it's still early we'll see what happens um but josh you know i think i think it's time to unveil the power rankings and the heisman watch list for week three let's do this we gotta do it dude so it's a weekly thing we do have a guest this week do you want to tell us who our guest this week is for our their guest picks
1: yeah, we've been talking about uh, Johnny Gaunt a couple of times over Fifth and Goal. He's gonna go ahead and uh, share his. It's fitting because we got to see Aaron's uh, rankings last week, and then we get to see uh, Johnny's lat or this week. So I'm not. Do you want to start?
0: Do you want to start with power rankings? Do you want to do Heisman watch list? First?
1: Let's do power rankings first because okay, I think this is where we're gonna see the most shakeup. Yes. Potential.
0: Yes. So should we start with Johnny's? Should we you or me or how we want to start this?
1: Let's see what Johnny has first. Okay. I've been following them and I'm curious where he has a couple of his guys right now.
0: So Johnny has in order from one to five is his first team is Georgia. He has Georgia at one. He has Ohio State at two. He has Alabama at three. He has Michigan at four. And just like his buddy, Aaron, he has Oklahoma at five. So we, he has a very, I think, neutral, pretty solid, straightforward uh, a group there. So uh, yeah. that's what he has. Any thoughts on Johnny's uh, uh, picks there?
1: Yeah, not too many hot takes there. I've been hearing a lot of people ranting and raving about the way that Michigan's looked so far. He played mean, nobody. They haven't white. played anybody. They've been playing some of the worst teams in college football, so it's so hard to evaluate. But I will say with J.J. McCarthy, I think good. their season is going to be um, – or their ceiling is going to be well.
0: Let's lift if Harbaugh doesn't screw it up. So
1: <laughs> sure, but let me just say this: I had Michigan going ten and two at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I think it's much more likely they go eleven and one, and going into Columbus with an eleven and 0 record is very mm-hmm. possible. Mm. So I will not fight back on the Michigan at four, but to me, I just need to see them do it against, I guess, real competition before I'm all in on them being, you know, this team, because I still have my reservations about holes on defense that maybe haven't been exploited yet because the offenses over at Hawaii and uh, Colorado
0: state are abysmal. That is true. That is true.
1: (laughs) That's the only thing I'll say about it. But I mean, at the top five right there, not bad, not bad at all.
0: All right. Uh, My thought, I should say my thoughts on it. So my thoughts on it is I think Oklahoma to me is still like, if they beat, I don't know. Oklahoma is a weird one for me. Um, You'll hear mine coming up. um, They are kind of interesting, dude. I'd like to see the defense get tested against Nebraska's offense. Yeah, so that's going to be the interesting one for me. Um, But, Josh, we are here for you. What is your power rankings for week three um is there much change no change what's it looking like
1: not not much johnny and i agree on the top three okay and the top three teams i've had all year have been the same three just in different orders and they are in a different order once again but they're the same as johnny so georgia won ohio state two alabama three <laughs> i got georgia has done it two times in a row ben one against a respectable power five team once against an abysmal <laughs> team. I can't even remember who it was. So, I mean, Georgia's got all the recruits, all the talent. Still, they're looking like the best team so far in my book, offensively and
0: defensively. Yeah.
1: Stetson Bennett is looking so good on the stat line so far. It's crazy. Hey,
0: we we bashed through. him a little bit.
1: <laughs> we did, and yeah. I it, I kind of hate saying that, you know, he might be a a solid quarterback because. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but now that he's got these numbers going up this year, dude, it's like okay, he's making good throws. Yeah, he's making some good throws this year. It's not just uh, the little dink and dunk routes. So, yeah, I got Georgia one. I got Ohio State two. They have proven that they can yep. hang with. Well, do we really want to call Notre Dame one of the best in the country right now?
0: I think they're a top. They're a top forty team. I'll say that top forty thirty to forty team. I sure. think.
1: Notre Dame's a respectable program, though much more respectable than anybody that Michigan has yeah. played so far, and right? Arkansas, much Arkansas State,
0: man. Arkansas State wasn't that bad. They actually played pretty well. They did they good enough a good to team. make
1: Denzel yeah. Burke look bad.
0: So he, 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 we don't even talk about that. Oh right? man, <laughs> we didn't talk about that. <laughs>
1: But, I mean, Ohio State has done against, uh, I guess, some respectable competition, yeah, yeah. too, with Notre Dame, we'll say. Alabama, I mean, they look the worst against their respectable mm-hmm. game so far, right, Texas? I mean, we if Quinn Ewers doesn't go down, if uh, maybe the sack. some things, yeah, if there's just a couple of different things that go differently, maybe Texas coming out that win right there. So, Bama definitely has some things they got to clean up. So, I think I had them at one pr- before, but they're going to be down at three right now. Still one of the best in country. I just got to see them fix some things up because I know the talent's there. Uh, Number four, uh, I believe I had USC there last week. And once again, I got USC here as well. So... Uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the team is gelling together right now. They are making uh, some big plays on defense, which I know it hasn't been anybody big, but we haven't seen that from USC. So they are looking complete, uh, a much more complete Lincoln Riley team than what we are used to seeing at Oklahoma. And then five, I'm still going to throw Utah in there because I mean, I really do think that the Florida game is going to be looked at as respectable football for being at the swamp, being week one, if they can still run the table. Um, they're going to be fine. So I got them at five, and I got Michigan just on the outside looking at six, just because I I still got to see it uh, against I guess a team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I got to see true. them do it against uh, a a respectable team. See those uh, how the defense reacts to an offense that's uh, a little bit more competent.
0: Yeah. Uh, it it's crazy to think how just a week can change opinions on these things. Like I that's why like I'm that. trying
1: not to let too much change. Right? Exactly. Like I'm not going to sink utah because they lost to florida and i'm i mean florida doesn't look like as good of a team as what i thought they did either right after that lost to kentucky but i've I've had a lot of respect for utah coming into this season and it's there's still a lot there so i'm not going to drop them off just yet
0: so uh, is it my turn i think it's my turn right yeah it's my turn it is your turn Uh, so mine actually stayed the same so okay. I'm going to go over it again. So so Georgia, uh, uh, is at one? I had them one last week. I had a high state at two. So I'm going to talk about Georgia. Georgia I, again. I have to give props to Stenson Bennett. Hats off to you, sir. You've you've proven me wrong. Um, they, their defense is this just. just Sick. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> They've been very good, and I, I think they're the best team right now in, in college football, and I think Ohio State this last week proved that they don't need Jackson Smith and Jigba and that their defense is deeper than we realize. Like, yes, Denzel Burke struggled, but this defense, these linebackers are unreal. These guys are just playing like All-Americans. You hear nothing but
1: good things about Tommy Eikenberg, dude.
0: And Mike Hall looks like an Aaron Donald, but like smaller, not as like As as dominant, but um, it's 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 awesome to see a good defense. It's awesome to see a very good offense. I think they need to run the ball just a little bit more. But other than that, I think they're doing really well. And then Alabama, you've said it, I've said it. Um, They should have lost that game. That should be a loss. And um, they're very blessed to get out of there with a win.
1: They escaped. and, and I, I guess we're gonna see if no, they but, just
0: but like we escapes. say, a win's a win. A win's a win. Right. But I have them at three. I have USC at four. I agree with you. I think Caleb Williams is shocking me a little bit of of how well he's playing. Um I think USC will be a team that's up there in the top four, top five at the end of the year. Um and I was actually thinking about putting Michigan State up here at five. I, I really was.
1: Michigan State.
0: I was, but I decided that's just you're crazy, Ben. Um <laughs> so I decided I don't want to do Oklahoma. Utah, they already lost to me, but I'm going to put Clemson, and I, I had it there last week. I think Clemson's a team that is slowly but surely starting to put pieces together, and I hate to say that as a high State fan, but um, somehow Dabo just seems to always have his team there whenever they need to be there, and so um, I have Clemson at five.
1: Yeah, I've, seen, I've only seen Clemson against Georgia Tech, but what I noticed from that game is Clemson has not done anything to help DJU be successful over yeah. there. They're... uh they got to clean some things up over there because he looked bad last year, but I don't know after watching that Georgia tech game. I mean, he's, he's probably an improved player, but nobody around yeah, him got yeah. better. And then the other thing too, that everybody's been talking about is Cade clubnik and when he's going to eventually take the job over because of that one drive that Damn. he had at the end of the game in garbage time against backups. And it's like, maybe that is the case, right? Maybe Cade, uh, is a little bit better of a quarterback than DJU. Maybe he, uh, has the team believing in him a little bit more? I don't know. But that's going to be probably the most interesting quarterback battle to watch as the season goes on. Now that we know that J.J. McCarthy is a starter in Michigan, now that the attention has shifted to kind of when does Cade Klubnik take over, if ever.
0: You know what happens is that when Stroud leaves, because I don't know if Orion Day trusts it, and I've heard uh, I've heard menace <laughs> the menace sports guy talk about it. Oh, Uyunglele, or whatever your pretentious name is. He's going to Ohio State, calling it now. He goes to I State, rocks it for one year until we have Ravanola. He beat the bridge himself doing to. Rayola. Yeah. yeah so, anyways, that is our power rankings. Make sure you check those out on our Instagram at baseline.podcast. I'll be posting those. Uh, you'll probably have actually already seen them by the time this comes out. Uh, but they'll be out. Now we move on to our Heisman list, which is always interesting because Josh always seems to throw someone in there that is just out the wazoo. Um, but uh we are we are gonna do this. Should we do uh should we do um uh, Johnny's again let Johnny's. me do
1: mine because I since you brought oh, up boy. a guy that was oh, the wazoo oh, oh. <laughs> I want to reiterate too these are five <sighs> guys that I think are going to be there by the end of the year too like I'm not trying to say guys that should win like Will Anderson definitely is one of the best players oh, in college football I just don't think they're going to put him there because he had the insane numbers last year and I think this year it's going to be tough to top those numbers he's going to have to do some absolute insane to get there so I don't think he's going to get it
0: so oh, where is he going with this
1: Anyway, the top three have not changed, though, Ben. C.J. Stroud, one. Bryce Young, two. Hendon Hooker, three. C.J., all the arm talent in the world. I would take him number one overall in the NFL draft. I just got to see a little bit of that dog in him, dude. And Mm -hmm. so far this season, it looks like he is the same as last year. Maybe he's improved a little bit in, uh, I guess, his arm talent. But the things that I really wanted to see him improve on, like put the team on his back more, uh, be tough, run, scramble a little bit, make plays with his legs, he's not doing that yet. But still number one in my mind. Number two. I got Bryce. He's going to be the the quarterback of one of the best teams in college football and the defending champ, or I mean the defending Heisman winner. So he's going to be invited at least. I don't think he'll win it, but he's going to be invited. And I mean, we can throw much outside of what uh what Zach calls the sandbox, right? Like 10 yards inside in the center of the field 10 yards downfield in the center doesn't throw outside the hashes like throws over 10 yards outside the hashes you know those are the big time throws he's not really making a whole lot of those and from the texas game watching that cut up maybe it's uh because he doesn't have the receiver talent right now to do that last year he definitely had all the talent in the world he was making bombs to jameson williams but i think his receivers are going to keep him from even uh being able to grow in that area but bryce sung it too I got Hendon Hooker at three. I think he's the third best quarterback in college football. Uh, He helped Tennessee uh, to that uh, or grit grit that victory out over Pitt. I think he's going to have plenty of opportunities to uh, show growth and a lot of big games uh, that are going to put him on the big stage. And between uh, passing and running, he's going to have some insane stats by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Gonna hold Devin Leary here at four, even though he hasn't had the most uh, outrageous numbers yet. I just think that uh, even this week with Texas Tech, like that's gonna be uh, a test, a big test for them, just because, I mean, Texas Tech just beat Houston, ranked number 24. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna find out if, what Texas Tech's made of. We're gonna find out what Devin Leary's made of. Uh, and then also just all the games throughout the ACC, uh, there's gonna be some chances for him to, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, Put himself on the spotlight right like he had a bad week one maybe he's gonna grow from that and then number five this is a this is your wild card right so the Heisman, we talk about it being like a stat award sometimes. And who has better stats right now than Drake May, the quarterback over at North Carolina.
0: Oh,
1: winging it, Ooh. dude. He's got almost a thousand yards already in three games. And North Carolina is still only winning games by one score because the defense is <laughs> abysmal. So if Drake May can maintain this pace, maybe North Carolina can go 12-0, dude. Wow. Who knows? But Drake wow. May, I'm going to put him at fifth. For, uh i guess the stat award right like he's not going to win the heisman but he
0: might get an invite if his numbers maintain uh this pace wow uh that is that is something i did not expect but hey we're anthony we're happy Richardson that has Listen, this is this is what josh does he brings us one guy every week that we're like josh you're an idiot but at the same time we're respecting him um but no uh no we, we respect your pick josh we've had Blake uh,
1: at five we've had anthony i Richardson know in I- there. And now we've had drake may There hasn't – I'm trying not to overreact as much with my Heisman candidates because these are still guys I think are some of the best players in college football. And also there's a lot of guys that are just getting a lot of big stats against bad teams right now. So I don't want to uh, necessarily hold that against some guys that have been playing big games that maybe haven't had the chance to put up those numbers.
0: Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Should we hear uh, Johnny's? Should we hear Johnny's?
1: It's up to you if you want to throw out Johnny's. Let's throw out Johnny's. I'll, let's I'll finish. Right.
0: Yeah, let's do Johnny's. Um, so his this week, um, Aaron's, uh, it's sort of similar to Aaron's. Not, it's not too far off, but he has uh, Bryce Young at one, which kind of shocks me a little bit, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, he has CJ Shroud at two, and he only had the last name, but I'm pretty sure he's talking about Sanders from Oklahoma State at three. Um, the quarterback there, I forget his first name can't think of his first name at the time if I'll you can look it. that up look that up real quick um so he has the, that's a shocker for me I didn't even think of him at all in the in the heisman running here um but that's who he has at three uh he has uh williams at four and he has hooker at five so a pretty i think pretty straightforward list that I think most people have um so, yeah, Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders. I believe that's who he has. He didn't put the last name, uh the first name, but I'm guessing the two it is. Um so those are his five guys. Any anything? I don't think anything shocks you there. I mean it's pretty much I think straightforward there. Maybe Sanders,
1: but I mean right now a lot of people have arguments because of the competition they've been Yeah, playing. of
0: course. Yeah. So that's what it is, uh but here we go. It's my turn. And uh Josh, uh I've I've got a surprise in here for you. Are you going to be a biased Ohio State fan and put CJ Stroud at 1? Okay, well, I already did that and I'm gonna do it again because Brian Grant. Yeah, I called you out by name this time, Brian, because you don't even listen to our podcast, obviously, because you just comment on our Facebook stuff. Um, but we don't have a Facebook page, you just commented on my own personal page, and then my dad decided to go in there and decide to start playing mediator. My wife wanted to say something. I'm like, guys, we're not turning this to war. John. We're
1: not trying to fight, we're just having a friendly yes, conversation. I know.
0: Um, but here we go. Uh Josh can probably guess what my top three are. They haven't changed. Uh it goes CJ Stroud at one. I believe he is the best quarterback in the Nation right now and I believe this week he'll show it again I think he's gonna I think with Smith and Jig was supposed to play even though I'm very mad about that but he's supposed to play I think CJ Stroud will throw for close to 400 I think this week um, yeah. and I think I think he'll have six such I mean Marvin Harrison jr. is a freak And I was very close to putting him in my Heisman race, but I didn't, just because I did not want to be that guy.
1: Dude, I just remembered too. This is kind of not podcast news, but personal news. I got tickets to the Toledo game this week. Oh,
0: that's right. You told me about that. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be so. Josh will be covering it. That'll
1: be my first time at the shoe, and I'm glad it's going to be a nationally televised game at night for a reasonable price.
0: So, are you are you gonna like cover it for us? The for the
1: I will not be covering (laughs) it. I'm I am not as cool as Fifth and Goal just yet. Maybe when we get a couple more, uh, a couple more, uh, cool guests on here on the baseline. If we get uh some of you viewers to like our videos a little bit more, there we go, there we can, go, uh, get boosted to the top, and then maybe we can be recognized nationally. And then we can start covering some cool games. Ben can go I mean, over I go to, to Hungary Europe, so... and cover some of the big time soccer matches. He can get uh, free out to Germany to cover the NFL games out there, you know. And I can stay here and cover all the big time college
0: football yeah, dudes, games, but that'd be great that'd be someday, awesome. someday, 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 someday,
1: but someday not to, not to Dieter. Too far away but i just want to throw it out there that this will be my first trip to the shoot
0: let us we're going to talk about it next week we'll talk about how it went and everything like that number two for me bryce young uh again i think he's it's 1a 1b i I think that's how it goes for me you
1: do different things very well
0: (laughs) yeah and so i think he's just struggling he's not playing the same bryce young that we saw last year i believe Uh, this part of the receiver issue as well but uh three for me is hendon hooker i think hendon hooker could jump up there higher depending on how this season goes he's gonna have a chance to like
1: that? that florida game like what regardless of what you think of florida that's gonna be a game that everybody's gonna be keeping an eye on
0: yeah and i and what is your thoughts on 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 him do you think he has to to win the heisman do you think they have to win 10 games
1: i think in order for hendon hooker to win the heisman they gotta i mean they gotta take down uh they got to take down some of the big giants, right, dude? Like, they got to get a win over Georgia. They got to at least win 10 games. I don't, I mean, when was the last Heisman winner that wasn't like in the national championship game or in the playoff? Can we even think of that right now? Would it have been Johnny Manziel?
0: Yeah, I think it would have Texas been A&M, Johnny Manziel. 2012? Yeah.
1: Cause after him, I remember it being Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, and I think Derrick Henry got in there. Yeah. Um, and we've seen uh, Joe Burrow and all these other guys, Demonte Smith, guys that have been basically the best player on the best team, right? And I think Johnny Menzel is the last one I can remember that was on a team that went like eight and four, nine yeah. and three. He had his moments, like the upset win over Alabama. So... Hendon Hooker is going to have to have some Heisman moments like that. He's going to have to be making big plays on the nationally televised games like the one against Florida. He's going to have to be impressive against Georgia. And I can't remember if their cross-conference game is with Alabama. I'm going to actually go check that right now because that's going to be another game. I believe
0: they do. Yeah, they play Alabama. That's the cross-conference game. Okay.
1: Because that's going to be another one that – or another opportunity, I guess, is going to have to uh, have all the – all the eyes of the media on him and uh, he's going to have to ball. Yeah. So they're going to go at LSU too, dude. And regardless of what you think of LSU playing at death Valley's tough, they got a home game against Alabama. So that's going to be helpful. They host Kentucky. They got to go to Georgia, dude at Georgia is going to be a tough one too, but plenty of opportunities there. I think if Tennessee goes at least 10 and two there, maybe, maybe Hendon hooker has a chance, but yeah. I'm just going to, we've seen it before, but it's been a while. Johnny Manziel was the last one. That was a decade ago. So, I just think that guys like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young are going to have a little bit more, I guess. They already kind of have a head start, and I don't think they're going to do too much to lose that head start. Yeah. then Hooker's going to have to straight up ball out,
0: man. Yeah. So H- hen Hooker's up there for me at three. Four for me is where it starts changing, and it gets weird because I've been against this guy since the beginning as a quarterback. Are you going to say
1: J.J. McCarthy? Uh,
0: no, I'm not. I'm going to say okay. Stinson Bennett. Stinson Stinson Bennett is at four for me. Hey, if you prove me wrong, you deserve this. Like I believe he could be there if he keeps having this year he's having. He's at four for me. Um, We'll get back to him in a second. And then at five is Braylon Allen still. Braylon Allen still sticks at five for me. Travion Henderson drops out for now. He just hasn't been carrying the ball enough for me to feel getting like the
1: like. And that's yeah. kind of why Blake Corham dropped out for me, dude, because he only has 164 rushing yards right now. And I know that his yards per carry is insanely high. But, I mean, if you're going to be a Heisman invite as a running back, you got to have insane numbers. Yeah,
0: so Braylon Allen's still at five for me. But, yeah, since Bennett – Again, hats off. You've you've earned my respect and now you are in my Heisman watch list, which is it's crazy. Dude, I, mean, I, I
1: hope Georgia gets upset by South Carolina this week. Stetson has like a ten for twenty five <laughs> game and then you basically air fifteen to yourself just like I did.
0: You know what? But at least with me is I'm not I don't root for Florida. Um You are
1: not rooting for Georgia in that either, but I don't really care. You threw him in there and then he had a bad game.
0: Yeah, so it, that is that is our picks for the week. Those are our, our topics for the week. We, that is the updates. It yes, updates, everything like that. And we're super excited to keep bringing you this content. Again, my Buckeye Breakdown will be on for this coming week. Sorry, I didn't have one for the the, the Arkansas State game, but there will be one for Toledo game. I'll be dropping that uh, hopefully on Sunday this time. I was away with family last week, so I was not able to do that right away. Um, so hopefully – I'll be able to do it this week and drop it for you guys. I'm super excited about that. That's been fun, um, but also I'll be hopefully clipping together the Aaron Lynn rant, and it will be going on for college football great. season because it's just it's hilarious. If you haven't checked it out, go check out our old episode from last week with Aaron Lynn. He just goes off on on college football playoff, and it's great. I loved it. Um, so check that out. And again, again, thank you guys so much. Um, I know uh, sometimes you know it's weird for us sometimes because we're we're recording at different times. Like right now, it's almost. It's two thirty in the morning, my time. Um, But we're here. It's gonna be
1: changing up though, man. Like my way. true. Yeah, yeah. A little bit
0: easier from here. That's true.
1: A, be on a little bit more of a consistent schedule and drop
0: episodes. Go to
1: bed a little bit earlier.
0: Yeah, drop in episodes uh, at more consistent. But again, we appreciate all you guys' love and support. I mean, I love getting the messages and and new followers on Instagram and and things like that. Um, slowly but surely over the next year, I think we'll start branching out to more things. But right now we're trying to focus on getting the best content we can to you guys and the best um, guests and everything like that. So that way it's more flowing and it just can be more enjoyable for you and for us as well. It makes it more enjoyable for us. Um, So thank you for that. If you've loved this episode on YouTube, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell. You can check out all the old episodes. You can hear Josh's weird takes his weird stories, you can hear You know my thing. Make sure you comment below who's going to have a better record for a Browns game predictions this year. Right now, I'm one know He's 0-1. Just want to repeat that again. Um, and who's going to finish higher? Will it be Ben or will it be Josh? Comment that below and we'll see what happens with that. And yeah. And then, it, oh, also, if you listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys go ahead and star it, share it, and uh, let everyone know that, hey, the Baseline Podcast is where it's meant to be. For it's where sure. you're supposed to be. We are trying to be the new, upbeat, positive sports talk show that can actually be enjoyable and not not enjoyable, I guess. That's the way I just saying. Anything you got like to say, Josh, before we head out for the weekend?
1: Uh, one other final note, I'd just like to point out to Jared, since I know he's definitely listening, that the Bengals are the only team in the AFC North that doesn't have a win right now.
0: This is the grit. This is why and I this love might Josh.
1: Be, this might be the only week we get to say this: <laughs> the Bengals are the only winless team. So, got to get that in there. We'll see what they do against Dallas if they recover. If they can uh, take on Dallas, the dakless Dallas Cowboys. But
0: this is why I love Josh because he just randomly just thinks of things in his head and then just says, "Wait, before we go, we
1: I was just checking the Browns' schedule to see." Like if there's a potential game we might differ on that I could catch you on. Oh, maybe. No, you're not. I got the one game down right now. And you could win by default by picking exactly how I do the rest of the year and win exactly. by once. I was like, well, I got to pick differently from you <laughs> one time then. And I'll have chances to do that with Pittsburgh and Atlanta. But again.
0: Hey, it's the way it works. We'll but Josh, you. thank you so much, Josh. This has been a good episode. Good episode of the podcast. It's been a good one and uh and uh you know it's gonna be back we're back and rolling so again we'll see you guys all next week make sure you go out and have some fun watch some college football and until next time we'll see ya